C. diff, spores, and more is brought to you by Clorox Healthcare, trusted solutions for your infection prevention needs. Visit us on the web at CloroxHealthcare.com. Welcome to C. diff, spores, and more with your host, Nancy Kerala. We are here to discuss C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and other related healthcare topics. Now, here's your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome to the program, and we welcome our listeners joining us today. We would like to thank our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare, for making this program possible. Please visit the Clorox Healthcare website to learn more about their products, keeping environments safer. CloroxHealthcare.com forward slash Radio. It is a great pleasure to welcome our guest, Stuart B. Johnson, MD, a fellow of the Infectious Disease Society of America with an earned diploma in tropical medicine and hygiene. Dr. Johnson joins us today to discuss vancomycin as the preferred treatment for a, cl- for a clostridium difficile infection. At this time, I would like to welcome our guest to the program. Thanks for joining us today, Dr. Johnson. Well, thank you, Nancy. I uh, appreciate the invitation. And uh, as you mentioned, I'm a professor of medicine at Loyola University Medical Center, and I'm also a staff physician and researcher at the Heinz Veterans Hospital, uh, both in the Chicago suburbs. Wonderful. And Dr. Johnson, would you like to share your research background with us? Sure. So I'm trained as an infectious disease clinician and a researcher, and my research has involved the epidemiology or the trends, if you will, uh, pathogenesis and treatment of C. difficile infection, uh, or CDI. So I have a lot of experience of treating patients with recurrent C. difficile infection, and we've tried to take our experience in the clinic and then define an optimal management of of CDI, particularly recurrent CDI. I am currently the principal investigator of a multi-center study within the VA healthcare system. Uh, This uh, trial is designed to define the optimal management of early recurrences of C. difficile infection. And I'm also the co-chair of the Infectious Disease Society of America, Society for Healthcare Epidemiology of America, a CDI Guidelines Committee. That's a bit of a mouthful, but basically these are the guidelines for C. difficile uh, produced by the Infectious Disease Society and the Society for Healthcare Epidemiology. Wonderful. And Dr. Johnson, we're so grateful for all you do and all the research you provide for the um, CDI community. And at this time, Dr. Johnson, would you mind taking a moment just to explain what exactly is C. difficile? Uh, Sure. So C. difficile, or C. diff as it's commonly known, is is basically a bacteria with two different lifestyles, if you will. Uh, It's responsible for uh, diarrhea and a form of colitis, infectious colitis. Now, the... um, what I mean by different lifestyles is that it exists as a spore. This is a hardy, non-replicating form of the bacteria that sits dormant in the environment. And when it reaches a suitable environment, such as the colon of humans, it germinates and starts to replicate and produce the toxins that cause the 
the uh, infectious colitis, if you will. And the main manifestations of C. diff uh, disease are profuse watery diarrhea, uh, abdominal cramps, and oftentimes a low-grade uh, low fever, if you will. Okay. Thank you so much for that definition and explanation. And, Doctor, how do individuals contract C. diff or CDI? Right. So the dormant form, the spore form of C. diff, is in the environment uh, virtually everywhere. If you look carefully enough, you'll find spores of C. diff uh, in dirt, uh, on, on items in the hospital or in the home or everywhere. Uh, to varying degrees. It, this is really what's referred to as an environmental pathogen or an environmental bacteria. Some of the other common Clostridia, uh, environmental Clostridia bacteria that you may have heard of include Clostridium tetani that causes tetanus or Clostridium botulinum that causes botulism. And basically these spores are in their environment and uh, can be exposed randomly uh, to these spores, and depending on the susceptibility of the uh, the host, they uh, produce different symptoms. So for C. difficile, if you if a patient happens to ingest the spores of C. difficile, and they uh, have a def uh, defect in their immune response or their host response, and this is primarily in the colon where the normal bacteria that populate the colon have been compromised, then the spores can germinate, uh, produce the toxins, and cause the symptoms. Now, we're probably all exposed to C. difficile, but we're not really susceptible unless our normal bacteria have been disrupted. And this is usually a consequence of antibiotics. So the antibiotics that you may take for a urinary tract infection or a pneumonia also have this unintended consequence of decreasing the normal protective bacteria that colonize the colon and perform a number of healthy functions, if you will. So again, it's, uh, we come in contact from this, uh, come in contact uh, with the spores from a variety of different uh, sources, and we're not susceptible unless we have a disruption of our normal bacteria in the gut and there are other factors such as uh, immune response. A lot of this has to do with aging. Uh, so this is much more common in people, say, over 65, not exclusively. Exactly. And Dr. Johnson, how is a C. diff um, prevented? Yeah, so it's, um, it, it seems a little ominous if, if, if uh, these spores are everywhere, and indeed they are. Uh, but again, it's nothing to be terribly concerned about as long as your your uh, uh, immune or your your uh, host defenses are intact. And the w the main reason to prevent this is to be very careful about taking antibiotics. Now, if you have a defined infection such as a urinary tract infection or pneumonia, then antibiotics are required to treat that. However, antibiotics are often given indiscriminately or given when, oh, you might have a pneumonia, you might have a sinusitis, etc. With a lot of these upper respiratory infections are really due to viruses and antibiotics are not indicated. So um, 
another point on prevention that's often misinterpreted comes from uh, observations in the hospital. So if you uh, are in the hospital with C. diff or you see someone in the hospital with C. diff, you see that they're in contact isolation and the doctors and nurses that come in to the room are in gowns and gloves and when they leave, they, they wash their hands with soap and water. And then when the patient leaves the room, the room is decontaminated, usually with the bleach solution. Now, this is somewhat, sometimes misinterpreted and carried to the home, and that people who have had C. difficile infection or recurrent C. difficile infection often uh, leach the surfaces in their room, in their house, particularly the bathroom, and try to avoid contact with other family members or children when it's really an, an, a misinterpretation of the response in the hospital. And the reason this is done in the hospital is because there's very susceptible people down the hall in the next room, et cetera, whereas the vast majority of people that you come in contact uh, outside of the hospital are not susceptible at all. So in my clinic, I, I often talk to the patients that have uh, bleached everything in sight, uh, avoid contact with their grandchildren, et cetera, where it's really not, um, not, a, a, not a helpful and, and sometimes a counterproductive um, activity, if you will. So if, you, if, if we want to talk a little bit about um, recurrent C. diff, and this are patients have had an infection, they get better on treatment, but within a week or two, their symptoms come back. This is a very distressing uh, and common occurrence. So and it leads to a lot of these, uh, these activities that I think may not be particularly helpful. Presumably what happens is that once you've been treated for an active infection, uh, the bacteria stops replicating, but the spores remain and probably are somewhere in your intestinal tract. Okay. Well, Dr. Johnson, we thank you for sharing this information with our global listeners today. We've already uh, reached the end of segment one. We're going to pause for a commercial break. When we return, we will continue discussing vancomycin as the preferred treatment for a Clostridium difficile infection. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. 
Join us on November 8th and 9th at the 6th Annual International C. diff Awareness Conference and Health Expo taking place at the Embassy Suites by Hilton Philadelphia Airport Hotel. For conference information and to register online, please visit the C. diff Foundation's website at cdifffoundation.org or call the main office at 919-201-1512. We can't wait to see you at this year's conference. Call 919-201-1512 or visit cdifffoundation.org and we'll see you in November. The CDF Foundation offers global community support sessions. CDF can affect anyone at any age at any location in the world. Receive support from topic experts sharing information on nutrition, mental health, C. difficile prevention, treatments, and environmental safety. Get answers to your questions. You're not alone. Support is just a phone call or mouse click away. To register for a session, call the C. diff Foundation at 919-201-1512 or visit us on the web at cdifffoundation.org. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to C. diff spores and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program, and thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure to reintroduce our guest, Stuart B. Johnson, MD, FIDSA, DTMNH, joining us today to discuss vancomycin as the preferred treatment for a Clostridium difficile infection. Welcome back to the program, Dr. Johnson. Yep, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here with us today. And before break, you were discussing uh, how individuals contract C. diff and how it's prevented. Would you mind explaining what are the treatments that are available today and being utilized to treat C. diff? Sure. So first of all, there are three main antibiotics that are used to treat C. diff. They're oral medications. One is metronidazole or flagyl. Uh, The other is vancomycin. And the third is fidaxomycin, or Diphacid. These antibiotics are very active against C. diff, but have different characteristics that should be considered when prescribing for patients with C. diff. Uh, To be complete, there is also a newly approved immunologic treatment for uh, C. diff. Uh, This is a monoclonal antibody. Uh, It's called bezlotoximab, or Zinplava. And basically, this antibody is directed against the toxin B produced by C. diff. It is given as an infusion, and it's given in addition to treatment for C. diff. So it's not a treatment by itself, but it's an adjunctive or an additional treatment. And the finally, uh, FMT, or fecal microbiota transplantation, 
has been used successfully in patients with multiple C. difficile recurrences uh, to replace the protective uh, intestinal bacteria that have been displaced in these patients, uh, typically by antibiotics. Okay. And Dr. Johnson, how long can a patient be treated with vancomycin if they choose not to move forward to an FMT? Right. So vancomycin is, is really the, the, what we would say, the workhorse antibiotic or a, uh, the primary antibiotic that we use to manage patients with C. difficile. And fortunately, resistance uh, C. difficile to this antibiotic has never been demonstrated so that repeat courses of treatment with vancomycin are possible. It is an important point since this is become increasingly uh, used for treatment of C. difficile while metronidazole use is decreasing. Exactly. We have patients call all the time, Dr. Johnson, and explain that they've been treated with vancomycin for the initial onset of CDI and recurrent CDI infections, which resolve the infection. So we, it's, it's sure to say that it really is between a patient and a physician's decision to uh, determine the duration and course of treatment. Isn't that so? Uh, that's exactly right. Exactly. And Dr. Johnson, there are Clostridium difficile guidelines available for adults and children, and we understand the updates were just published in 2018. Can you explain why did the guidelines change? Right. So the previous uh, iteration of the guidelines were published in 2010, and there has been much new information published regarding treatment and as well as the availability of at least one new treatment agent, actually now two treatment agents since that time. So it was important to review this uh, information carefully and update the guidelines. Okay. And to review the Clostridium difficile guidelines for adults and children 2017 updates, you can visit the Shea and IDSA websites, and a link to the guidelines is also available on the CEDA Foundation website. And Dr. Johnson, what is and who is Shea, S-H-E-A, and the IDSA? Right. So I, I think I mentioned this initially, uh, but uh, my, the Shea is the Society for Healthcare Epidemiology of America, and most hospital epidemiologists and infection control personnel are members of this uh, society. And the other IDSA is the Infectious Disease Society of America, and uh, this is our our parent organization is Infectious Disease Clinicians. And we're grateful for both of them. And Dr. Johnson, what are the major changes um, that took place in the guidelines as concerning treatment? Right. So the main changes uh, in treatment recommendations are, uh, do, have to do with the placement of metronidazole and the newly available drug fidaxomycin. Uh, we have now good data to show that metronidazole uh, is inferior to vancomycin for resolution of symptoms. And many clinicians have noticed through the years that uh, uh, metronidazole seems to be less efficacious and people get a barely, barely noticeable response until the end of treatment and the symptoms come right back. And now we have good randomized controlled data to demonstrate the uh, superiority of vancomycin over metronidazole for initial resolution of symptoms. In addition, fidaxomycin or Difficid is a newly available drug that's equal to vancomycin for resolution of symptoms, 
but it's superior for what we call sustained response, and that's resolution without subsequent recurrent CDI. Uh, the evidence for treatment of recurrent CDI is not as strong, but tapering and pulse dosing of vancomycin is still one of the best ways to manage patients with recurrent C. diff. Okay, and would you mind taking a moment and explaining tapered and pulsed vancomycin to treat C. diff infection? Sure. Uh, typically, patients are treated with a standard 10 or 14 day course of antibiotics or, or with vancomycin uh, four times a day for, for this first week and a half or two weeks. Uh, then, however, if you've had re- infections in the past, if this is a recurrent episode, it's much more helpful to wean off the drug rather than just cutting it off or stopping it cold turkey, so to speak. And that's what we mean by tapering and pulsing. So an example would be after a treatment course where vancomycin is given four times a day, then the dose is tapered down to twice a day for a week, then once a day for a week. And then following this taper, if you will, then we pulse the vancomycin, meaning we give it once every other day for several weeks, and then once every third day for several weeks. And we recently published our experience in clinic with a vancomycin taper and pulse regimen. And we got better results when we included this every third day dosing after every other day dosing. So if you add this up, it becomes a rather long course. In fact, the mean course of treatment for the taper and pulse in our clinic was 11 weeks. So uh, two and a half months, if you will. But it works very well for the majority of people. And in addition to this careful follow-up in our clinic, we've been very successful in weaning people off the vancomycin and, uh, and uh, stopping this recurrent cycle of, of episodes. Okay, so Dr. Johnson, why does the taper and pulse vancomycin regimen work? And can you taper and pulse other drugs for CDI? Yeah, so it's... it's a fairly simple-minded approach, if you will, and, and the, the idea is to gradually decrease the exposure uh, to vancomycin while keeping the C. difficile, the growing form, in check. So we know that vancomycin is very active against C. diff, but it also has effect on the normal bacteria of the gut and kind of delays uh, reconstitution of your protective uh, intestinal flora. So a way to get around this is to decrease the dose of vancomycin and then uh, particularly this pulsing, this every other day and then every third day has been very critical to kind of keep the C. difficile in check and let the normal bacteria repopulate. Now, this can also be done with fidaxomycin uh, or difficid. Both Vancomycin and fidaxomycin are not absorbed, so you get very high concentrations in the stool. And while fidaxomycin is inherently less disruptive of the flora of the gut, the normal protective flora, it's also helpful to wean people off that drug if they've had other episodes. Okay, and before we go to break, Dr. Johnson, would you be kind to introduce the first FDA-approved oral solution, Furvanc? Sure. Furvanc is is basically a kit that allows vancomycin to be prepared as an oral solution. 
And the primary reason to give a drug such as vancomycin in an oral solution rather than a capsule is to accommodate patients who cannot take a capsule or tablet. However, because of the cost of oral vancomycin capsules, pharmacies, in particular inpatient pharmacies, have resorted to compounding vancomycin powder into an oral solution. And the reason they do that is because it's much cheaper. The powdered form that's uh, used for intravenous administration of vancomycin for other indications is off-label, off-patent, and is very inexpensive. In order to make this process uniform and safe, the FDA has now approved this particular product, Furvanc, after they demonstrated its safety and reproducibility. Uh, Just to let you know, Furvanc is now covered by most commercial insurance plans and state Medicare plans. Uh, Furvanc will gain access to the Medicare Part D uh, plans beginning of January of next year. This is wonderful information. Thank you so much. And thank you, Dr. Johnson, uh, for providing the key points. We are going to pause for a commercial break, and when we return, we will be, di- be discussing vancomycin as the preferred treatment for a Clostridium difficile infection with our guest, Dr. Stuart Johnson. Please stay tuned. We will be back after these messages from our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare. <music> We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The CDF Foundation offers global community support sessions. CDF can affect anyone at any age at any location in the world. Receive support from topic experts sharing information on nutrition, mental health, C. difficile prevention, treatments, and environmental safety. Get answers to your questions. You're not alone. Support is just a phone call or mouse click away. To register for a session, call the C. diff Foundation at 919-201-1512 or visit us on the web at cdifffoundation.org. To help support the C. diff Foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate or call toll-free 1-844-4-C-DIFF. That's 1-844-367-2343. Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. Join us on November 8th and 9th at the 6th Annual International C. diff Awareness Conference and Health Expo, taking place at the Embassy Suites by Hilton Philadelphia Airport Hotel. For conference information and to register online, please visit the C. diff Foundation's website at cdifffoundation.org or call the main office at 919-201-1512. We can't wait to see you at this year's conference. Call 919-201-1512 or visit cdifffoundation.org. And we'll see you in November. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. 
Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program, and thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure to reintroduce our guest, Dr. Stuart Johnson, MD, FIDSA, DTMNH, joining us today to discuss vancomycin as the preferred treatment for a Clostridium difficile infection. Welcome back to the program, Dr. Johnson. Thank you. You're welcome, and thanks so much for being here with us today. And before break, you were discussing the oral solution uh, FDA-approved for Vanc. Um, would you mind taking a moment to discuss the cost between the oral solution versus capsules, and is there a change in effectiveness? Right. So basically, uh, vancomycin is concentrated in the stool, so you get very high concentrations uh, with either the capsules or the oral solution. So there's no uh, no difference in effectiveness of these two uh, therapies. Uh, there's no data suggesting it's more effective to give the capsules over the over the liquid or, or vice versa. Now, the taste of the oral solution is somewhat bitter if it's given alone, but Furvank in particular uses a mild grape flavoring that makes it uh, much more tolerable. Uh, it has been somewhat surprising that the cost of the capsules has not decreased since they became generic over four years ago, and there are at least three major generic companies that make these capsules. The cost, however, for a 10-day course of vancomycin capsules is still over $1,000 in many retail pharmacies if you do not have insurance. So the, the oral solution is much cheaper and typically is not more than $100 or so if, if you had to pay it out of pocket. Exactly. And it's quite affordable and the treatments are a lot more attainable with the Furbank. Uh, and we're really appreciating that they're being FDA approved now. So thanks for sharing that information, Dr. Johnson. Sure. And in, can you don't mind taking a moment to explain ribotypes? We hear a lot about ribotypes. Uh, does that change how a CDI is treated? Yeah. Now, ribotyping is basically one of several techniques used to identify different strains of C. difficile. So the typing studies have identified in particular one strain that has been referred to as hypervirulent because it has been associated with major hospital outbreaks of severe disease, and, and at least in North America since 2000. So this strain is referred to as ribotype 027 or BI or NAP1 by other typing techniques. And it was first recognized in the in, in northeast uh, United States and then shortly after that in the Montreal area in around the year 2000. And it rapidly became one of the most prevalent strains here and in parts of Europe. Now, one of the reasons we think this strain take over, took over is that it's highly resistant to fluoroquinolones. And fluoroquinolones were used heavily in the 2000s and probably facilitated the spread of this strain. However, I, I will say that uh, 
this is data that is collected typically after the fact. So it's not uh, helpful or important to know the strain or the ribotype uh, once you're infected. We can recommend treatments based on your clinical presentations, and it's not particularly helpful in my mind to know the ribotype, but it is very helpful overall to understand the changes uh, that happen with the C. difficile strain. Okay, and Dr. Johnson, do physicians usually order a laboratory test um, to find out what the ribotype is? Yeah, so one of the the common PCR uh, assays that's used to make the diagnosis of C. difficile in many hospitals also has an option where they they, they have a surrogate test that would suggest you have this uh, virulent strain. But again, I, I personally do not think that this is terribly helpful clinically, and people with a virulent strain can get a mild infection, and some people with a non-virulent strain will have a more severe infection. So it's more important to look at the clinical signs and symptoms of the patient and uh, treat accordingly. Uh, And my opinion is that this is more helpful information for epidemiologic purposes, but not treating of specific patients. Exactly. Thank you so much for clarifying that, doctor. And in regards to clinical trials um, for CDI, would you mind explaining or touching base about the prevention and treatment ones that are available? Sure. So the good news is that there's still ongoing trials for C. difficile to hopefully identify newer treatments and preventions. So one of the the interesting drugs that is undergoing a phase three trial, uh, meaning it's a a randomized uh, blinded trial of this new drug uh, compared to a standard uh, drug, is, is this drug called ridinilazole. And so this is a rig, rigorous um, phase three trial. It's multi-center uh, and designed to show uh, safety, but more importantly, efficacy of this drug, and it's being compared to vancomycin. So it may be that this drug is even better than fidaxomycin in reducing recurrences, but this is yet to be shown. There are several trials of FMT, or fecal microbiota transplant, and There's one uh, comparing FMT by Enema that's uh, uh, sponsored by a company called Rebiotics, and there are at least two capsule forms of FMT uh, sponsored by a series and a company called Fitch, Finch, if you will. Um, A novel approach to preventing C. difficile is through administering an enzyme that breaks down the offending antibiotic and protects the microbiota, if you will, and just prevents people becoming susceptible in the first place. Uh, This is a a drug called the rabaximase produced by Synthetic Biologics. And so they've completed a phase two trial, but they're waiting to go into a phase three trial. So there's uh, several trials that are underway or about to go under uh, study uh, looking for new treatments and new preventions, if you will. Okay. Well, thanks so much for sharing that information. That's important for everybody. And doctor, what does it mean to be colonized? This is a big question from a lot of our patients. Right. So C. diff is a fairly common uh, bacteria, as I mentioned before. And some patients will have C. diff in their stool without symptoms of disease. And 
the the concern, of course, is that, well, will I develop symptoms if I'm colonized or can I transmit this to other people? And it's probably a numbers game that people that are colonized but uh, yet not have do not have symptoms attributable have lower numbers and they have a relative uh, control of the bacteria, if you will, by the, the flora. But typically these colonized patients, when identified, do not become ill and are best left alone. Uh, uh, however, a downside of the more recent diagnostics for C. difficile, uh, including uh, specifically PCR, is that they are extremely sensitive and if uh, if testing is done indiscriminately for people with uh, maybe one loose stool or mild symptoms, they may be reported as positive, but uh, the patients may not necessarily have disease due to C. diff. So this is uh, a downside of the new diagnostic testing. So we recommend that patients only be tested for C. diff if they have three or more loose stools uh, in a 24-hour period. That is a change from their baseline. And a follow-up to this, a common mistake is to test the stool for C. difficile after treatment, even when symptoms are not present. Many patients uh, following successful treatment will remain colonized, and this is a different form of colonization, if you will, after an infection, and they'll remain positive for a period of time, uh, probably up to several months, but don't have recurrent symptoms. So you can get in a vicious cycle where you you treat, your symptoms are gone, uh, then you test the stool and lo and behold it's positive and uh, what do you do then? So maybe you treat longer, you treat with a different agent. None of these are are helpful and the reason what we typically recommend is we follow for symptoms and if you don't have symptoms, you don't want to be tested because this colonization state after infection will eventually resolve on its own when the normal bacteria grow back up and exclude the C. diff. Okay, and thanks for that, Dr. Johnson. And once the CDI is resolved, we have a lot of patients who have been told that they will live with C. diff forever in their colon. Is this a fact or a myth? Yeah, essentially this is a myth. However, the natural history of C. diff is incompletely known. And some patients will carry C. diff longer than others. But again, my main advice is not to repeat testing if there are no or minimal symptoms, but specifically to avoid antibiotics at least for several months, as repeat antibiotics uh, uh, are the main risk factor for recurrent C. diff. And then remember that most patients will have a recurrence within the first two weeks of stopping treatment. So if you've completed a course of treatment and you've gone two weeks and you're okay and you go for a month and you're okay, it's much less likely that you're going to have a recurrence. So there's some, uh, I think, recur uh, insurance the longer you go without recurrence. And remember that most recurrences, uh, symptomatic recurrences, occur within a couple weeks of stopping treatment. Okay. Another really quick question, Dr. Johnson, is if a patient has a CDI that is resolved and two or three years later they have symptoms and are tested and are positive now for a CDI, is that a whole new infection that's, or is that a recurrent? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I would think that this would be a new infection. This is you know, hard to prove definitively if you had saved the stool specimen and could isolate the organism and 
from both episodes and repeat the typing, you might have some hint that this is a, a new infection or possibly the same infection. But practically, it, it's not that important. Uh, usually when people have another episode two or three years down the road, it's in the, the heels of another course of antibiotics uh, and disruption of the, uh, the normal flora of the gut. They're, they're rarely spontaneous recurrences, if you will, two or three years later. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you for answering that. And, Doctor, if an FMT is so effective for recurrent C. diff, why shouldn't everyone receive an FMT for recurrent C. difficile? Yeah, while effective and logical treatment for patients with what we call dysbiosis or dr- disruption of the normal protective uh, bacteria of the gut, uh, FMT has not been approved yet by the FDA, and there are potential negative effects. Uh, the recommendations for FMT have been to screen donors for infectious agents that could be transmitted by FMT, for example, syphilis, HIV, hepatitis B, hepatitis C. Uh, But in practice, the screening is not always performed, and there's an assumption that if you use a family member's uh, stool specimen, uh, it is unlikely to carry these uh, uh, infectious agents, which is not necessarily true. So unfortunately, in practice, this screening, which is fairly involved and takes time, is not always done. In addition, there are other likely infectious agents that have not yet been identified, and therefore no screening test is available. If you go back 20 years or 30 years ago, we had no idea how to diagnose HIV or hepatitis C in particular. Um, But now we, we have tests for that. But that doesn't mean that there are other infectious agents that might possibly be lurking. Other potential metabolic uh, complications or neoplastic or cancer consequences are not obvious, um, but may take years to establish a link. So therefore, we recommend patients only be offered FMT if they have failed appropriate antibiotic treatment for two recurrent episodes and that the donors uh, undergo appropriate screening. Okay. Well, thank you so much for explaining that, Dr. Johnson, and thank you for providing the in-depth information to our global listeners. At this time, we are going to pause for a commercial break. When we return, we will be reviewing the key points discussed with our guest, Dr. Stuart Johnson. Stay tuned for messages from our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Join us on November 8th and 9th at the 6th Annual International C. diff Awareness Conference and Health Expo taking place at the Embassy Suites by Hilton Philadelphia Airport Hotel. For conference information and to register online, please visit the C. diff Foundation's website at cdifffoundation.org or call the main office at 919-201-1512. We can't wait to see you at this year's conference. Call 919-201-1512 or visit cdifffoundation.org and we'll see you in November. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. 
Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. The C. diff Foundation offers global community support sessions. C. diff can affect anyone at any age at any location in the world. Receive support from topic experts sharing information on nutrition, mental health, C. difficile prevention, treatments, and environmental safety. Get answers to your questions. You're not alone. Support is just a phone call or mouse click away. To register for a session, call the C. diff Foundation at 919-201-1512 or visit us on the web at cdifffoundation.org. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program, and we thank our listeners joining us today. It is a pleasure to reintroduce our guest, Dr. Stuart B. Johnson, MD, back to the program, and to join us discussing vancomycin as the preferred treatment for a clostridium difficile infection. Welcome back to the program, Dr. Johnson. Thank you. You're welcome, and thank you for being here. And Dr. Johnson, would you like to share some key points with our global listeners? Sure. You know, I think some of the messages that I would like to leave is that recurrent C. diff is problematic and sometimes difficult to manage, but most patients can be managed with appropriate antibiotic treatment and careful follow-up. So rather than writing a script, and, uh, and have them follow uh, the script and not have a follow-up appointment is, is kind of fraught with problems. So I think it's important that the patients be managed closely once they're out of the hospital in particular. Uh, second, tapering and pulsing vancomycin after treatment course is still a very effective way to manage patients with recurrent C. diff. Uh, there is no clinical resistance that's uh, been convincingly demonstrated for vancomycin and again, a very taper, a very careful taper, and then particularly this pulsing every other day for a period of weeks to, to maybe a month uh, to every third day has been very helpful in my experience. Third, you know, many new options will likely be available in the future, including FMT with a defined combination of bacteria that have been through rigorous testing for safety and efficacy. So I think that that is a likely uh, option that will be available in the next few years. And then finally, patients with C. difficile or C. diff should be reassured that cure of symptoms is achievable. 
and that they do not have to bleach <laughs> extensively their home or avoid contact with their extensive family. Uh, they should not be considered pariahs. Exactly. And we understand your words. And Dr. Johnson, do you have any other closing comments that you would like to share with the con- um, with the global listeners today, uh, either contact information or uh, where they can learn more about the organi- organizations that you work with? Uh, certainly. I think you mentioned the, the Infectious Disease Society uh, webpage, uh, the IDSA webpage that has the guidelines, the new guidelines. Uh, certainly your organization is a wealth of information, Nancy, and I would uh, encourage patients to contact you and your organization. If you're in the Chicago area um, and you've had an F recurrent C. diff, I, I'm certainly uh, open to seeing you in our clinic, and you can call the Loyola Outpatient um, uh, Clinic, if you will, to find information for the clinic. Well, that's wonderful, Dr. Johnson. We thank you so much, and we thank you for joining us today on C. diff spores and more global broadcasting, and we are grateful for your dedication in infectious disease and always for putting patients first. So thank you so much for being here today. My pleasure, Nancy. Well, thank you. And at this time, the members of the C. diff Foundation would like to acknowledge all of the organizations around the globe dedicated to improving health, the organizations and professionals reaching and researching and developing new products addressing C. difficile infection prevention, treatments, protecting the gut microbiome, and addressing environmental safety worldwide. To learn more about C. difficile infection and recurrent C. diff infection clinical trials in progress and how you may be able to take part in a clinical study, please visit the C. diff Foundation's website, www.cdifffoundation.org, and click the tab Clinical Trials in Progress. Please help them to help you to help others. We would also like to take this opportunity to thank Synthetic Biologics for being a diamond sponsor of the 6th Annual International C. diff Awareness Conference and Health Expo, taking place on November 8th and 9th in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, at the Embassy Suites Philadelphia Airport property. We are grateful to all of the corporate sponsors and exhibitors partnering with the CEDA Foundation and whose services and products are in alignment with our global mission. We also extend our gratitude to all of the keynote speakers joining us for the two-day conference. We look forward to learning more together with you in November. For more information on how to register and uh, to learn more about the conference, please visit the CEDA Foundation's website. Please, uh, we send out our get well wishes to all patients being treated and recovering from a C. difficile infection. For answers to your questions, please feel free to contact the C. diff Foundation at 1-844-4C-DIFF, 1-844-367-2343. We also um, send out our, our best wishes and our get well wishes for all who are healing from a C. diff infection and recovering from the wellness, draining illnesses being combated across the globe. I'm your host, Nancy Corella, with our reminder, none of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. We wish you good health, continued healing, and a good day. Thank you for tuning in this week for C. diff, spores, and more. Be sure to join your host, Nancy Corella, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of our program on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. None of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together.